Hello, you lovely lot. I wanted to take a moment to share an exciting announcement with you all. I will be doing a live show for Happy Mum, Happy Baby at the podcast show in London on the 22nd of May. This will be a live episode of this very podcast featuring me and a very special soon-to-be-announced guest. Get ready for a candid conversation, unfiltered truths, laughs, invaluable non-judgmental advice and lived experiences. Dive into the complexities of parenting while juggling work, relationships and personal growth and we'll be talking beyond the baby years. As well as the live episode, the show will also include a Q&A with both me and my guest. Tickets go on sale this Friday the 26th of April at 10am, but anyone who is part of the Happy Mum, Happy Baby newsletter will be getting early access to tickets on Wednesday the 24th of April at 10am. To sign up to the newsletter and for more information about the event, please head to happymumhappybaby.com forward slash events. I can't wait to see you there. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to another episode of Happy Mom, Happy Baby, the podcast. Today's guest is a blogger, a vlogger, an author, and a mother of one. It's Lily Pebbles. Oh, I haven't heard myself be described as a mother of one. Haven't you? Cute. I mean, you're almost a year in. Literally five days, I think. Wow. I know. Thank you for having me, by the way. This is so exciting. I'm such a huge fan of the podcast. But that's what I love, because you genuinely are, even before you were pregnant. the first episode. Yeah. (laughs) But I just love that, because, you know, people talk about who listens to the podcast, and if it's just mums, or... And actually, it's not just mums, and you're a massive... Well, you you show that. Yeah, well, I was was one of those people that I felt like I needed to prep myself becoming a mum for like five years beforehand <laughs> so I was very into this podcast before having a baby and then you came to the live show in London yes oh my god I forgot about that I did with yeah. my friends that was so nice yeah I loved it 
Yeah, I love the fact that you've come along. And you know fan. exactly what this is all about. No, I love it. You, you must feel prepped to do the podcast. I imagine that you could just do a monologue right now, and I don't even have to ask any any questions. I no. Do you know what you say that? I'm quite nervous. Are you? I feel like, I feel like it's all been a bit of a blur. Like I've yeah. spent today trying to like remind myself. Like I keep quizzing Rich. Like what, what happened in week one? Because it all is a bit of a blur, really. Um, but so I don't know. Let's see what happens, I guess. <laughs> there's no right questions, whatever comes out of your mouth. I always think as well, though, with podcasts and interviews, it kind of depends how I'm feeling that day. So you've asked mm. me the same question a different day and I might give you a different answer. Yeah, definitely. So and I always fine. finish thinking, oh, I wish I'd said that. I know. <laughs> but that, I think that is also a mum thing now for me because I, I, generally, I generally leave everywhere not having finished a conversation. So I'm kind oh of like, oh, oh, you know, or I'm leaving and they're going to think that, but actually I was leading yeah. to that and, you know, overthinking myself. Yeah. So, <laughs> Lily, what was your childhood like? I was very lucky. I had a really lovely childhood um, full of, like, music and a bit of travel. Um, and I'm the youngest of three girls. My sisters are 10 and 7 years older than me. Oh, wow. So I was very much a mistake. My mom says, <laughs> "My mom says a happy mistake." She literally admits it. So there was quite a big age gap, which I think was actually quite nice. And my sisters are so furious with my mom for having another baby that they were given the job of choosing my middle name, which is why I'm called uh, Lily Pebbles after the Flintstones. <laughs> oh my gosh! I didn't realize that was your middle name. I love it. Yeah, because they were seven and ten. Um, so yeah little did they know females. that that was actually gonna you know help you in all sorts of ways yeah they they and they know about it now they they're like oh thank you to us <laughs> so were you a close family yeah really close but it's funny we're we're really not like a touchy-feely say I love you type family but we speak every day our family whatsapp group is like on fire like every day and we see each other like all week so yes very close but my sisters are all, like they clash a lot so I'm very much like the peacemaker in the family yeah <gasps> sisters yeah. exactly you that's really one. funny I met though her, she's lovely oh, she'll love that um it's so funny because my family I guess we don't we've got a family whatsapp group but it's fairly tame and we speak once a week all together now because of the, you know the way the world is we mm. all have a zoom chat where we literally just talk about what we're eating that day that is the main chat mm. um but when we're together it's very touchy-feely it's all I love you it's all so it's funny how you are constantly talking all the time but not yeah. that way whereas we're the exact opposite I think my like dad I can't even remember now what it was about my dad once said like hmm you've done well quite proud and I was like oh my god like because <laughs> we just don't do that in my family we're just not I don't know we're not like that yeah uh, we just know it like we know we love each other and we we are so there for each other and we like me and my sisters all live in the same area we're so close we see oh, each other wow. all the time but we're just not like huggy. And yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't say it. It's funny. That's really interesting. Maybe we're very English. You're very Italian. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you ever think like ahead and did you, did you think about what it would be like to be a mum when you were younger? Did you want a family? It's funny because the question I get the most from mm. like my viewers is how did you know you wanted to have kids? And it's just not something I ever like considered really? I just knew I was going to have kids and I don't know why I never thought about it um obviously because I have older sisters they've got 
five kids between them. So I was an auntie five times before having my own. So I just knew. Um, but for me, it was always like a logistics thing. I wanted to have a baby when I was like, I was so like naive about it. Like I really thought that you just like decide one day and you have a baby. Um, like I want to have it when I like got my first house or, you know, when I thought the time was right. And I used to think I'd be like 27. But when I was 27, I was still living at home with my parents. <laughs> so that didn't happen. Um, but I always knew I was going to have kids. Um, yeah, definitely. Had you met Rich by the time you were 27? Yeah, we met when we were 19 on the first day of uni. Oh my gosh, I didn't know this about you. We met on the day we were signing in. Um, literally, like where you go and you fill out your form. So yeah, I spent the whole three years saying to everyone, I promise we didn't come to uni together. Because <laughs> like, I thought that we just looked like that couple that had like gone to the same uni. I was like, no, we literally... But I refused to live with him the whole time. I was like, we are going to have a proper uni experience. So... We didn't live together, but yeah, we were together for the whole three years. That's crazy. To me yeah. on the first day. And then yeah, as soon as you finished, did you move in together as soon as uni was over? So when we finished, because he's from Suffolk, so I was a bit like, what's going to happen now? And like, we both studied marketing. So he wanted to go into marketing. I thought, well, you're not, what are you going to do in Suffolk? And he wanted to move to London. And by that point, I was like, well, I don't really want you to, like, spend all your money on rent because I can, like, imagine one day we might want to move in together. So he actually moved in with me and my parents and ended up living with us for five years. <laughs> very, this is very typical, like, Jewish daughter thing to happen. <laughs> Move in. I think all my sister's boyfriends have moved in at some point. Really? Actually, my brother-in-law is very proud of the fact that he never did. Okay. Um, so yeah, he lived with me and my parents, but like luckily by that point, my sister had moved out and we, that my parents are still in the family home. So there was space for us to be there and they prefer him to me. Like, <laughs> he does the dishwasher. He's very good to live with. So it was nice. It meant they like formed a bit of a relationship. <laughs> That's really nice. Because also it, I guess that those lines kind of blur, blur of it being your parents because they then become his friends. Lit, they're so close now it was a bit like at first it was a bit like oh we're downstairs in the evening and my mum's like in her pajamas and this feels a bit weird yeah or like one time we were watching a tv show and it just like got really inappropriate oh, to be no. watching like I think I was out and he was watching it with my parents <laughs> awkward but by the end of it they're really close and like my dad did a speech at our wedding that made me realize like I think that was really really amazing that they did live together actually yeah and they're really close now so so cool. after the wet like, well having babies was it something that you two spoke about I don't really remember like having proper chats about it we I think we both just knew that that was going to happen one day um but I think after we got married we did start talking about like when and like I said it was a very logistics thing like we were really obsessed with like moving moving and I think that was our way of saying like we wanted to have a baby but yeah. we were saying like oh no we want to move next year um actually do you know what I think we started trying for a baby before we even moved because I kind of got a bit I suddenly I think I did wake up one morning to think actually do you know what I really want a baby but also was there a part of way. you that because I had this where you spend so long trying not to get pregnant and then there's that big switch and you're just kind of like oh hold on it hasn't actually been that hard not to get pregnant all this time. So what if there is something? When I started, yes, yeah, so that's actually what started it. One of my best friends um, went through IVF. And before that, I had no idea about any of that. Because luckily, both my sisters didn't struggle at all. 
so that really like blew my mind and I couldn't believe and I thought oh god it took her like years and all of this so I thought mm, okay maybe I'll start talking to people about coming off the pill and what that looks like and it like really shocked me how little I actually knew about getting pregnant and like you said you spend your whole like I think I'd been on the pill for like 10 15 yeah. years maybe something so ridiculous yeah. literally spend your whole time people like don't get pregnant don't get pregnant it's actually quite hard to get pregnant like the window of time is ridiculous like the fact that we have to use contraception when it's like they're fertile like every day we're not <laughs> well it's um, i think isn't it? even if you have sex at the right time and everything is completely you know ideal for both sides there's still only a 30 percent chance that it happens and my friend who amazing. struggled you know she was on the pill and it, it hid she didn't know that she had any of these issues mm. because of that so i did think well, maybe i should come off the pill and just see what's going on and i came off the pill and i didn't get my period for like three months and i was like okay that's interesting. I didn't, I thought everyone says like, don't come off the pill. Cause if you come off the pill, you're super fertile and you get pregnant straight away. <laughs> like turns out, yeah, you're, you might get pregnant straight away or the opposite. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's one or the other. Yeah. So that was like really, really strange. I started looking into it and, and by that point I decided I wanted a baby. So it's really frustrating once you get it in your head. Cause you become, everyone's like, don't stress don't think about too much. Just, you know, don't, don't try, but try it's like that. That's not a thing. Like, yeah. you know, exactly when to try. So it's impossible to be relaxed about it um and my like cycles were all over the place so I found that quite stressful did I'm you have to go and I'd... see a doctor or anything about it no well they say like unless you struggle for a year you shouldn't yeah. I think I might have like gone spoke speaking to my gynecologist but I spoke to a friend who started to explain to me about like how ovulating works which is ridiculous at like however 30 or something I didn't I didn't even know about how it worked and I started using like ovulation sticks and just trying to work out when I was ovulating like, Lily I can imagine that you are a lot like me and that you get quite hooked on peeing on sticks oh oh my god and then once I figured out you could buy them on Amazon and stuff like <laughs> oh my although I was living with my parents at this point remember so that, that was quite tricky um but yeah yeah, and I, I'm just not a chilled person in that way. Like, I can't just, like, see what happens. I wanted a baby. So I wanted to make sure, you know, I was doing it right at the right time. And it was quite stressful. Like, And it felt like a maths test. Yeah. And when I figured, when I realised I'd, like, missed the slot, Rich was like, oh. You, and I was like, was it my fault? Like, this is too tricky. I can't work it out. It's like a numbers game. Um, so anyway, it only took about seven months, which is really not long compared to some people, but it just felt long. I think when you're in it, it's really hard to compare to other people and, you know, for people who've been trying for 10 years. I think it's really hard because you also have to respect your own situation and what you're going through. And I, and I think there is that fear and that um, longing and that desperation, I think, personally, that comes with each month. Yeah. You know, and it feels, and I think it just fills you. It's like a bucket that just fills and yeah. fills and fills each month. And I had a gut feeling that there wasn't anything wrong. I, I knew it was just a timing issue, but it was just frustrating. Yeah. And actually, it all worked out in the end. Like, I found out I was pregnant on the day we moved into our house. Oh my so, gosh. like, timing couldn't have been more perfect. I literally took a pregnancy test that morning. And then it was, like, moving day. Like, our friend was helping us move. And me and Rich were just, like, the whole day, like, making faces <laughs> at each other. Like, like, my friend Ben was like, oh, can you help me with this box? And I was like... I don't know. I don't think I should. <laughs> <laughs> it was so awkward. It must have been like Lily's just being really lazy today. <laughs> Literally, he's like the first person I told when I could tell people. I was like, sorry, I wasn't very helpful. 
But that's amazing because that's kind of like what you would see in a movie. And I remember when I was trying to get pregnant, days would creep up on me like, oh my God, it's my birthday. This would be amazing if I can find out this point or Valentine's Day. These little days come up and you're like, wouldn't that be amazing if that extra little cherry on top? And you had that. Yeah, it was. It really was perfect timing. Um, What was it like finding out? Well, obviously, I'd, I'd done tests before. <laughs> I'd done all the, like, for the ovulation smiley, not smiley faces. I hated those ones. Um, but I think I, when I saw it, it was a bit of a cliche, actually. And I don't know if I did it on purpose, but I was in the bathroom. And I remember I looked at the test and then I just looked up at the mirror. <laughs> and I was, like, looking at myself like, oh, wow. And I was like, and then I thought to myself, oh, this is what they do in films. <laughs> at that moment you're the only person that you can share the moment with (laughs) and I was in my parents house let's remind everyone so Rich I think Rich was like I think he'd gone to like get something because we were moving so I like text him like come back oh I don't even remember it was it was quite awkward were you desperate to tell your mum yeah but I didn't know yet like when I wanted to tell people I think I ended up telling her the next day but I hid the pregnancy test in a box that said Lily's handbags, and then I added, don't touch. Because <laughs> I panicked that someone might open the box. Um, so it was a really weird day. And I remember that evening when everyone had gone, I just was like, oh my God, I'm pregnant. It just felt weird. I didn't feel any different. I was like, you sure? Yeah. It, it kind of creeps up on you, I think, when you first get pregnant, those different sort of twinges and feelings that come over you. I think it kind of, well, for me, it did. It crept up. I found out four weeks, which is very early. And I was, I think I spent two weeks being like, mm, this is weird. Like, I don't know. I don't feel anything. And then six weeks came and like, bam. Wow. <laughs> well, what's your pregnancy <laughs> like? So I actually ended up filming and vlogging my first trimester um, and watching it back. Oh God, it's actually quite painful. So from six weeks, I felt really, really sick. And I wasn't actually that sick. I was like, I did throw up quite a few times, but not as bad as some people get it at all. And I I don't even know if it was feeling sick or feeling anxious because those two feelings are so similar to me. And also I felt anxious about feeling sick. Like it was all just like awful. But I remember Richard's at work and I'm so lucky that I could be at home. But I would just like sit, lie on the sofa and just couldn't do anything. I also feel like I lost my personality completely. I found that bit really weird. Um, so the first trimester was hard and then the second trimester was less hard but definitely wasn't this like amazing thing that everyone makes out what do people call it the second trimester there's like a name for it there is a name for it and I can't I can't remember off the top of my head because it's not real (laughs) it doesn't exist people lie (laughs) it's just not as bad as the other two (laughs) that you're sandwiched between um but then actually I was saying to Rich earlier, like looking back, it felt awful at the time, but looking back, I think I quite enjoyed being pregnant as well. Mm. Like I liked having a bump. Yeah. And yeah. also for you, because a lot of what you do is lifestyles. So you're used to sort of sharing photos of yourself and, and actually all of a sudden you have something very different to share. You know what I mean? And seeing yeah. your own body in a very different way. Yeah. Well, at the beginning, obviously when I couldn't tell people, that was quite tricky and I felt ill and I didn't want to, be a personality online I think I kind of just went offline for a little bit 
um, and I told a few people early, like I told my friend Anna, because we had an event together and I felt so sick that the only thing I could do was eat Haribo throughout, but I didn't want it to be obvious. It was like an event, like loads of our viewers. So she had to also eat Haribo <laughs> to make it look normal that we just kept eating Haribo, which was very funny. Um, but yeah, then when I could start talking about it, I had to kind of try and figure out what I wanted to share and what I didn't. Yeah. I hadn't really worked that out yet. They, and I imagine you're kind of making that up as you go along. Yeah, well, I spent like a good five, six years before getting pregnant really worrying about that and oh, really? how it was going to affect my work and what would I share and what would I not share and what would that mean? Because there's not, this hasn't been going for long enough. Mm. So we haven't seen anyone like 10 years later, like what that looks like. There aren't many people that I compare myself to and to be like, oh, I want to do it like she's done it. So I worried about that a lot. And then I kind of just settled on the fact that I would just see what happens and go with my instincts and hope that I would just know at the time how I feel about it I actually think I shared more than I thought I would about the pregnancy really oh you, well what was it like first of all sharing that news online amazing it's so nice it's so nice those are the good bits when you get to share like happy stuff and yeah. like you know you're gonna get like such a positive supportive reaction um so that was really really nice everyone was so lovely and like happy for me although you do immediately get put in like a mummy box yeah, yeah. <laughs> very quickly did you have like, people oh, going kind of saying to you oh god we're gonna t-, like some people that have been following you for like lifestyle stuff suddenly go oh god she's gonna go all mummy on us it's all gonna be about bumps and babies it's gonna I be more like g's viewers... content <laughs> <laughs> i don't know sure. Your lovely. Um, i don't know if my view i don't know if anyone actually said that i'm sure lots of people thought that um but it's also hard to control because people kind of want that. Yeah. What I've realized is like the mummy audience are very loud. So you quite easily get sucked into like, oh, everyone wants to know about mummy stuff. And then you realize actually it's quite a small amount of your audience. It's just they're, they're quite loud and opinionated. <laughs> so I have to constantly try and like just remind myself of the balance and what I want to do and what yeah. I want to share really. So the thing as well, because it's about you. So people are yeah. also invested in you. So it's kind of whatever's going on. There's in no your way life. I could never. I could not share it. No, it's just from what angle and how often and yeah, it's like it's like I'm kind of like sharing what it's like for me to be a mum, ne- not necessarily what I don't know. It's really it's hard. I just kind of and you kind of touched on it as well about um, work and how it was going to affect the work stuff. Were you worried about being fit, like slotted into that? Mummy bracket, because yes. I can remember working on a teen magazine. So it's very different, but on a teen magazine. And I can remember and them talking about someone on the cover and they said, oh, no, she's pregnant. She won't be on the cover anymore. Because it was kind of like she'd gone into a different realm and she was no longer put, like, she could no longer be placed in this position. Yeah. Um, so is that a part of you kind of trying to balance that as well? Or is it something that you've worried about? At the beginning, I didn't. I, didn't, I was actually quite naive and I didn't even really think about how like the brands I work with might react but I 100% there were lots of brands that suddenly stopped working with me Um, and maybe with fashion it's kind of fair enough if they don't do a maternity line they don't really know I'll fit into that dress I'll fit into it (laughs) but I think there's a lot of beauty brands as well that worry that if they work with someone pregnant then you know is it is it okay for women's pregnant skin or Will people oh, assume yeah. it's a stretch mark product? Like, there's a lot of assumptions like that. And I, uh, that's quite tricky. And I couldn't control who wanted to work with me and who didn't. 
Yeah. Um, and that's still something I try and like figure out as well. People tend to, like I said, put you in a box like, oh, she's a mum. She must be a mummy blogger. Yeah. Uh, one thing <laughs> I have read uh, or seen you talking about was the fact that you were quite, after wanting a child for so long, you were actually quite scared of birth. Terrified. And I completely blame my sisters. <laughs> uh, well, you knew too much. Too much. I knew, I knew way too much. Um, yeah. And you know how people like to share the scary stories? Yeah. Like, imagine that they're, they're my like they're right here in my family. And so five, they've got five kids between them. So that's five different birth scenarios that yeah. I knew. And the first one, my sister Jojo, she's actually the younger one. She had her first when I was at uni. And I like went to the hospital and I saw the like red light flash and all the doctors run in. And I remember I had to like go in the waiting room and have a Coke because I felt a bit faint. So like that wasn't a good introduction to like what, I mean, and it was actually wasn't even that bad, but it just felt like really traumatic yeah. for someone that knew nothing about giving birth. Um, and then like the aftermath and like, oh, I, mean, I won't share. <laughs> it's her stuff. <laughs> Sorry, Jojo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jojo. Um, so yeah, I definitely knew. I mean, it's funny. I say I knew too much. Uh, like I knew nothing in reality, but I only knew the scary stuff, really. Yeah. And also um, I wonder if also there's that thing about siblings where you kind of, you do overshare because there is that the barriers are completely down. But then there's also that other part that kind of enjoys telling your siblings the gory stuff to kind of almost oh, yeah. shock them a little bit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You wait till it's your turn. Yeah. Yeah. So I was terrified until I got pregnant. Like, I'm not joking. I think I spent 10 years putting, like, I would just put it off in my brain because I was like, I'm too scared, I'm too scared. I was obsessively watching Womble every minute. Like, I was obsessed <laughs> with those sort of programs. I wanted, and when my friends had babies, I wanted to know every detail. Um, and then I got pregnant and actually I suddenly wasn't as, it's weird, I don't know why that happened. I wasn't as scared anymore. And then I started looking into like hypnobirthing and like it completely changed everything for me. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm actually, I'm still so surprised at like how it completely flipped everything. Like I did um, Positive Birthing Company. Yeah, with Siobhan, who's with lovely. Siobhan, yeah. yeah, amazing. And I'm so not that person. Like I'm a really cynical, sarcastic, negative person. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing, isn't it? Because people think it's quite a hippie-ish type thing <sighs> to be doing. And it's, actually, it's absolutely not at all. Literally, the breathing bit is just one tiny bit of it. Yeah. Like it's so not, most of it's just about science and learning what giving birth means which is something we should learn in school but we don't really yeah and I was just fascinated by that part and and also I found it so important for teaching Rich how he can support me because we're very supportive like as a couple but he didn't really know like he was like oh I don't you know my place here and it just totally taught him well and men and... are kind of mocked quite a lot in those sort of scenarios because they can't do anything they don't know what they're doing you know mm. they're usually pictured fainting or whatever and actually <laughs> the thing with hypnobirthing is it does give them a role it literally gave us both like tools to give us confidence yeah. to go into that hospital and kind of know what our options are and what to expect and and also it doesn't everyone's like everyone makes fun of the birth plan but it doesn't tell you that to make a birth plan that's what's going to happen it just encourages you to think about what you would like and then it tells you options of if that doesn't go to plan here are your other options 
I just thought it was so brilliant. I'm so like pro hypnobirthing, which I, I used to, I'm sure I would have made fun of it at some point in my life. Like, it's so crazy. But now I literally. I just make all my friends do it. That's the thing. So I, I remember being pregnant first around and announcing it and three different friends who were completely different all told me about it. And I was a bit like, oh God, come on. Like, what is this? What is it? Mm. And then looking into it more and being a bit like, oh. And then kind of going to Tom quite nervously about it and kind of going, oh, I found this, not not knowing what he was going to make of it. But, oh, yeah. it's, it, it is brilliant. I also had a few friends who had had babies before and I noticed that the ones who had kind of gone first and didn't really know what to expect had slightly more like a traumatic experience and looked back at it and gone, oh, I wish I'd done that. Or I wish I'd done yeah. that. And then... It just felt like the more knowledge you have, the the smoother it went, maybe. And you're someone who does like to prepare. I'm a control freak, you can say. <laughs> <laughs> so did you feel, as as your due date approached, did you feel more and more prepared? Yeah, I, I really feel like the, the hypnobirthing really helped me. I didn't feel scared, and I thought I would, and I really didn't feel scared. I actually felt excited, which is just the most bizarre. I remember saying at the time, like really excited and that's so weird yeah although I have to say when the first contraction happened it kind of all went a bit like mental <laughs> and I was like wait a minute I'm not as calm as I should have been <laughs> <laughs> breathe breathe you're fine I think it's because that's probably the only part of hypnobirthing that didn't work out for me is that it's very much about stay at home for as long as mm. possible and I didn't expect I didn't feel safe at home. As soon as it all started, I wanted to get to the hospital and I felt really panicked at home. And actually, the minute I got to hospital and was in that room, I calmed down. So now I know for next time that I'm obviously just not the sort of person that can do home births or anything like well, that. Well, it's like, that thing. So, so a lot of people have kind of said to me when, in the different pregnancies, oh, what about a home birth? And for me, I, I think it depends how you feel about hospitals. In my head, yeah. you go to hospital to be looked after, to be cared for. So it is a safe place in my head. Yeah. So I'm exactly yeah. the same as you. And when it came to yeah. third time around, I was like, I'm going, I'm not, I'd love a home birth, but I know I'm safe in hospital and I feel relaxed there. Yeah, I literally was like, I'm going to stay at home for as long as possible, pass me the TENS machine, and then it, it must have been like an hour in, and I was like, get me in hospital. <laughs> um, and I felt much better once I was there. How was your labour? Um, it, was, it was good. I, I look back at it as a positive experience, and I ended up with a C-section, so I think some people who haven't had babies are a bit like, really? Because they just think C-section must have been a disaster. But I think it was a really positive experience. I did like 10 hours in the pool, which is ridiculous. Um, I, all I had was watermelon and a bit of coconut water. Did that um, feel like a long time or were you completely unaware of, of time? Yeah, com completely unaware of time. Oh my God, everything was just so different. Like I planned what I was going to wear because I was like, before having a baby, I was quite like body conscious and I was like, I don't want anyone to like see my boobs or I don't want to be naked. You know, I had like this mother care nighty that had buttons for with after like I'd literally thought of every detail and and I was like I didn't want my mum there um and then in the end like of course my mum was there like <laughs> absolutely and I was just walking around like naked like <laughs> I just didn't care at all it's so funny like looking back um no it didn't feel like 10 hours but I really liked being in the in the pool and I was born in the bath in the 80s which was like unheard of um so I really wanted to give birth in the pool, but also I was like, whatever happens, happens. Uh, my blood pressure ended up going up and I, even after giving me medication, it wouldn't come down. So they were like, we have to go to the labor ward, yeah. which was fine. Um, and it's definitely less like 
when I went up there, I was like, please, can we still have like the lights dimmed? And Rich was like spraying this spray. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it did help. It felt ridiculous, but it did help. Did the they lady, let you we were... dim the lights? Yeah, the midwives up there are a bit more like, okay, God, one of those come <laughs> up from the birthing pool. <laughs> but they were, they were nice. Um, and it did, it did help. Um, and I pushed for so long. I got all the way to 10 centimetres and then they realised that she was back to back. Right. And they were like, she's never going to come out no matter how long you push for. So the, it was an emergency C-section, but it was it didn't feel like an emergency because she was fine. Yeah. Um, so they just took me in and got her out. And I was a bit like, it, it was hard because I had to recover from kind of both births. Like, obviously, I didn't literally give birth to her that way. But I had, like, afterwards, I remember saying to Rich, my face hurts. I couldn't figure out why. And it was from the pushing and the clenching. Mm, yeah. And everything hurt from the 10 centimeter labor. But then I also had C-section. So that was quite tricky. Yeah, your body feels battered afterwards. I totally oh forgot that. Gosh. Oh my God, I couldn't. For a week, I had to like hold my... Did you have any C-sections? No. I had to like hold... You have to like hold yourself in because you feel like every... your guts are going to fall out. It's well, so to be bizarre. honest, even when you go the other way, like <laughs> you're holding on when you do a number two, like you're oh. seriously like, please do not have any organs yeah. falling out. Now I've got the fear, like, if I do it, if I manage it that way yeah. next time, that's, like, going to be, like, the first time. No, you've already got to 10 centimetres. I wouldn't worry. I wouldn't worry. <laughs> There's no point worrying now. <laughs> but you know I will. <laughs> hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80 percent less than clay litter pretty litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness it's the world's smartest kitty litter 
Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Uh, first of all, did you know that Grey was going to be a girl? Yes. Oh. We did find out. Um, a lot of my friends don't. One of my sisters did, the other one didn't. I always wanted to. Um, I did, you know when everyone says, oh, there's so few surprises in life. I'm like, mm, pushing a baby out seems like a bit of a surprise to me. Like, I think, you know, that's enough of a surprise to me. I just knew that it would help me, like, imagine it more. Yeah. And it did. It kind of helped me just, like, think about what it's going to be like. I didn't care, you know. I'm not, like, going to buy everything pink or blue. But And also, I just didn't want people guessing for the whole nine months. That would really <laughs> annoy me. Like, oh, it's definitely a boy. Like, that really I've got to say, that is the that. most annoying thing ever when people are, like, just oh. looking at you and sizing you up and you're just like, shut up. At least you could say, actually, I'm so actually, tempted to let people do that and then be like, <laughs> mm, yeah, I actually know it was a girl. Um, so, yeah, we did find out. My mum's <laughs> one of those people, and I know my mum listens to all of these, but she does, she does that thing where she's like, I'm telling you, 100%. That is a boy, 100%. I'm like, mum, you don't know. It's a 50-50 chance. So my mum thinks that she can read scans and see, like, because, you know, it's, you're not looking for, like, a willy. You're looking for, like, this slight, like, tilt or something. Right. And she thinks she can read scans. And so when we went for mine, she went, let me guess. And she was like, girl. And they, the, the doctor was like, yes. And now she really thinks she can. And I'm like, no, you can't. You're not. Just so when friends, like, send me scans, I don't show her. Because I'm like, mum, they don't want to know the sex. And you think you're some kind of, like, reader of it. <laughs> <laughs> so what was it like when Grey finally arrived and you saw her for the first time? It was so weird because we were in the operating theatre and and by that point, like, I mean, we still had our, like, hippie music playing, which was hilarious. Rich said, can we have the lights dimmed? And the doctor was like, no, we had, oh, it's, not, it's like an operation. <laughs> but we did have our music on. They didn't give her, her to me straight away, which is a bit annoying, but she's absolutely fine from Did it. you see her um, head up above the sort of sheet thing? Yeah, so because she was back to back, she literally, they opened me up and she's like looking up, which can you imagine how men's that is? And there's all these bright lights and I was like, oh God. But they took her away and Rich went, I was like, go with her, go with her. And they did whatever they need to do. And then I was a bit like awkward, like... When you watch One Born Every Minute, they, like, give the baby to the mum. But it is awkward because you've got this sheet thing quite high up. So I let him... I was like, you do skin to skin with her. So he held her, and I just, like, looked over, and he was bawling his eyes out. And I was just like, oh, my God. And he never cries. Like, he cried when he proposed to me, and I was like about it. Actually, since having her, he cries at everything. He never used to cry. <laughs> that's a, that's um, the... Literally, that's the bit in One Born Every Minute that makes me bawl my eyes out every single time. It's when the dad goes... I know, it's, and it was so weird looking over at him, like holding her. Are you crying now? Um, my <laughs> eyes are watering anyway, but it has made me very emotional. <laughs> um, he's holding her crying, and I was like, whoa, this is so surreal. Like, Rich is a dad. Like, I remember thinking that. And then they gave her to me, and she was crying, crying, crying. And I just went, I was like, I can't remember what I said. I was like, hello. And she just stopped crying. And I was like, oh my God, I'm a mum. That's so weird. <laughs> She knows I'm her mum, and I just thought it was so cool. I just couldn't stop smiling. Yeah. I wasn't crying. He was crying. I was just like, this is so crazy. And then they, like, wheeled us back to the room. And I said to my mum, I was like, do you want to know her name? She was like, okay. I think she knew it was going to be something weird. And I was like, <laughs> great. And she went, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the highlight of the day, I thought. Me and Rich still laugh about it now. <laughs> Have you spoken to her about it since? 
Hey, every week after, I was like, are you used to it yet? And she's like, a little bit. Oh. <laughs> My grandma was like, grey, it's such a sad colour. <laughs> Couldn't it have been like pink? I'm like, no, her name's not pink. <laughs> Uh, but seriously it's like not the weirdest name in my family so me and my sisters like to pick strange names for our kids I don't know what you're talking about I don't I, I just pick straight <laughs> like standard names I can remember saying to a neighbor because they'd asked what we had like name wise and I told them a few and he was like oh oh okay <laughs> so, yeah okay <laughs> my parents called me pebbles like it's their fault they started this <laughs> what they were expecting so what was it like when you finally got to hold grey properly and did you feel that instant bond I always think because I don't remember not feeling it yeah I don't remember feeling like overwhelmed with it I just remember feeling like this is quite normal and it's nice yeah. and she's cute and it's mental and I was just like I was on such a high from like that was so crazy I was, I was really like happy and then I just suddenly got really tired Um, well because there's so much adrenaline pumping through your body and all of a sudden that all kind of goes and it really felt like that I felt like an adrenaline rush I wasn't like overwhelmed with love but I wasn't like oh I don't I wasn't in shock so I just it just felt nice and comfortable what was it like seeing your mum with her after she got over the name thing (laughs) cute nice I that's still my favorite thing now seeing other people enjoy her it's so nice. And everyone came to like visit. I mean, I don't know, the days after having her are just like awful. I think that was the best. Like when I just had her, that was lovely. And then like the week after it was just awful. And then it got like nice again. Well, did you get visitors at the hospital as well? Or did everyone wait until you got home? Yeah, I think so. We, had, we went in the hospital twice. So it's quite hard for me now to remember the difference. We got rushed back into hospital because she lost weight. Right. A lot of just, weight. Yeah, I, it's funny, before having a baby, on my list of things that I'm not going to talk about online, are all the things that I now feel really passionate about talking about, like, I was like, yeah. I'm never going to talk about how I feed my baby, and now I'm like, oh my god, I need to talk about breastfeeding all the time to people, because it's nuts how little we know about it yeah. before we have babies. So yeah, I had a baby, and the midwife's amazing, like, amazing. One of the midwives is like, She's like this little feisty cheerleader with curly hair, and I loved her, and they're incredible. But there's something in the system that's missing and going wrong, and I don't know what it is. Whereas once you've had your baby, you've kind of forgotten about a little bit, and I don't know, like, it's, it's harder to get a driving test, and, like, you have to pass a test before you can drive a car, but you can have a baby and just go home and not have a clue how to feed it. And I did NCT and I did a breastfeeding class and it is irrelevant before you have a baby. It means nothing. Even if you have sisters, like I remember saying, why didn't you tell me? And they're like, we did. It's just, you didn't hear it because yeah. it wasn't relevant to you then. Um, so I went home and I thought I was feeding her fine. Oh, sorry. And um, day three, when they weighed her, she'd lost like 15%. And in the UK, baby can't lose more than 10%. Yeah. Which even that is hard. Like it takes a while for your milk to come in. Yeah. Most people I know have this issue. Um, but she'd lost a lot of weight and we got rushed back in. And oh, it was just so, it was so hard. I ended up spending like hundreds of pounds on a breastfeed, on private breastfeeding specialists. And oh, I've got this photo saved in my phone. That I just, I show 
when like I have friends that are new mums and they just feel so alone in it, I showed them it because I got rushed out of the hospital and immediately I just got put on a double pump. And it was one of those double pumps. It didn't have the bra bit. So I had to hold them and I was just topless and people were coming in and out to change the bins in the room and I had no dignity and I had no control. And me and Rich were just sobbing. We were just sobbing. The room was th over 30 degrees. It was summer. My feet were swollen. She was so sleepy because it was so hot. So she wasn't feeding. And it was just like, it was just awful. Like I would give birth every day again, rather than that whole breastfeeding like issues I had at the beginning. It was so hard. Did you feel like you'd failed? I didn't even know. By that point, I didn't even know what I felt like. I wasn't even that in, I wasn't bothered either way. Like some people are very passionate about wanting to breastfeed and, and some people are passionate about wanting to bottle feed. I just was like, I'll see what happens. No pressure either way. And then I just kind of got sucked into it. And at no point did I stop or did anyone stop me and say, right, what would, what would you like? How do you feel? There was no, it was such a panic of like, okay, now you're going to pump every hour and then you're going to breastfeed her, top up with the bottle of the milk that you've expressed. And then an hour later, you're going to pump again. What? And my, my, at one point, my sister came in and she was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I don't know. I'm just doing what I've been told. And then, okay, great. So she's put on weight because you've been pumping every five seconds all night and you haven't slept for two nights. So now you can go home. Okay, now what? Now, so now I've been pumping for every hour. So my boobs think that they're making milk every hour. And then I go home and I stop pumping because I haven't got the pump. It's a hospital. Oh, then you get mastitis. Like, no one tells you these things. So you're like, okay, so now my boobs are engorged. I'm crying in the shower. I've got every infection under the sun. And, like, am I meant to carry... I just felt so alone in it. And then this weird thing happened... Before having a baby, I always thought that other people pressure you to breastfeed. But I didn't expect myself to, like, be putting the pressure on myself. I felt completely... I remember one night I just burst. I was crying. My sisters came over. And I said, I just feel so trapped. I was like, I'm in this, like, weird routine where if I don't keep feeding, my boobs are going to kill me and I'm so scared of that pain again. How do I stop? I've been searching the internet for advice on how to move from breastfeeding to formula and I can't find anything that tells me how to do that I just don't know what to do like I felt so lost and lonely in it um, and lots of different advice from people thankfully finally I found a breastfeeding specialist that helped me and actually by five weeks I think we had figured it out but by that point I think I was like emotionally scarred from it I didn't enjoy it and I didn't want to and I remember saying to my sister Oh, but everyone keeps saying it's so much easier. Like, we're going on holiday in August. That was three months later. And everyone keeps telling me that it's so much easier to breastfeed on the plane. Like, I, sh I think I should keep going because everyone keeps telling me it's easier. And she's like, Lily, it is easier in a way, but bottle feeding isn't that hard. And she was like, and also some of the things, you know, like she said, I found it so easy to breastfeed for a year, but I still woke up every morning and I stunk of off milk. Yeah. Like, there's still hard bits, even when it's easy. Yeah. Like everything has, like, it doesn't matter. Bottle feeding can be easy too. Mm. And this amazing breastfeeding specialist also helped me figure out how to transition onto bottles, which I really appreciated because she didn't have to do that. She's a breastfeeding specialist. And that's what I needed. I needed her to explain to me how to do it so that it wouldn't hurt. But also that her helping you in that way would have made you see that you have not failed. You've, yeah. you've, you're doing what is best because you are feeding your baby. 
You know what I mean? You're d- I, knew, I knew that. Like, I knew that fed is best. And I knew all of that information. But it was like something, I just felt so trapped. I didn't know how to get out of it. It was so weird. And also, like, it was a weird part of me enjoyed it, even though it was, like, painful. And I hated it. I kind of liked it. It was so weird. And the breastfeeding hormones are mental. <laughs> I would literally, like, burst out crying out of nowhere and, like, sobbing. And I couldn't stop. What was it like between you and your sisters? Because I wonder if it's the same as it was with me and my siblings. I felt like when they came over, I was able to just go, Ugh! and there's this raw thing that happens between siblings the way you've never been before. Yeah, seriously, it made us so much closer. And I remember just every day saying, I'm so sorry I didn't bring you food. I'm so sorry I didn't do... Like, I just was such a rubbish... I had no idea when they had kids. No idea. I really thought I knew. I was so smug before, like, oh, I know, my sister's got kids. I know what's involved. Oh, my God, I had no idea. And I felt so guilty for, like, not being there for them more. And they were so good. Like, they didn't come over and just put all of their experience, like, well, I did this and I did this. They just gave me enough advice of, like, it's going to be okay or she's going to be okay. Yeah. Or, ugh. So important to have that support. I've got a WhatsApp group with two of my friends now, even a year later, like every day we speak and we just send each other like, oh, she's not napping. I think about, I think I'm going to change the nap to 1.30. What do you think? <laughs> it's just so boring, but it's like so essential. It is. And I think, I think those WhatsApp friends, and I think the pressure of not even having to meet the WhatsApp friends and meet up with them is so important. Yeah. Just knowing that they're there, you can dip into the conversation, but they're not, they don't, need they don't not they don't request anything from you they're not like wanting more of you yeah because friendships do change a bit you don't want them to but they do for a little bit because when you've got a newborn baby it's quite hard to sit at a table and have a conversation with someone that hasn't also got a newborn baby <laughs> Lily, i hate to tell you this but i mean i'm six years in it's still quite hard to I sit down you feel guilty <laughs> don't you because you don't want to be that friend that's like had a baby and changed but halfway through your sentence you've forgotten what you were saying or like you're talking but you're also kind of like trying to figure out they're breathing at the same time (laughs) and you haven't asked them any questions about themselves and you feel quite (laughs) bad about it but that's why it's so nice going out with new mums because you just interrupt each other and you don't finish sentences and it doesn't matter yeah you're so right once you'd sorted out feeding and and had that um switch over to a bottle did things settle down did you feel a lot calmer with everything and did you feel sort of happier yeah and I'm so lucky, Rich's company, he got three months paternity leave. Oh, wow. Which is amazing. So he split it. He did six weeks at the beginning. And then he saved the other six weeks to do when I wanted to go back to work. Um, in my mind, I thought I'm going to take three months off, which is unheard of in what I do. Yeah. There was no one else I know that's done that. Two weeks is the max I've ever seen anyone do. And I just thought I can't do that. So I was terrified. I thought I'm not going to have a job to come back to. But I also thought that, and everyone says this still now, like, oh, it's so great you work from home, so you can just, like, have the baby there and you can do your work. And I think I thought I could do that too. (laughs) You really can't. Like, I tried that. I did one day of that and I just broke down because I felt so guilty. I wasn't doing the work properly. I wasn't doing the mummy thing properly. Oh, it was awful. So after that, I was like, never again. Um, So having him around for those first six weeks, I mean, I just think paternity leave, I can't believe it's two weeks. It's just not... It's not enough, especially if you have a C, I mean, for any situation, but with a C-section, you're not allowed to drive for six weeks. So what do you do after those two, two weeks when your driver goes back to work? <laughs> you just don't leave the house. Um, 
yeah it, and I think having him around made me more calm I mean it definitely did which I think rubbed off on her as well yeah. and I think that made her a much calmer baby like if you're just left after the two weeks and you're panicked and you're scared that's gonna like rub off on the baby as well so I think paternity leave is so important mm. what was it like when you first came back then and recorded a video I couldn't, I mean, I think this has only recently happened where I just couldn't think of anything else to talk about other than like <laughs> nappies and baby bags. And I tried so hard. I remember I'd like maybe a five months in, I'd sit there and think, oh, can I talk about clothes? No, they don't fit. Can I talk about makeup? No, I'm not wearing it. Can I talk about food? Like, oh, I just eat takeaway. I just couldn't think of anything. I, and I was like, oh my God, is this it now? Is my just baby? Like, is this all it's going to be? And like everyone kept saying like nine months, nine months, are, like when she's nine months old, you'll start feeling yourself again. And I was like, mm, not convinced. And it really was about when she was like nine, 10 months, I just something switched. And I was like, oh, I feel a little bit more like me today. I don't know what it is. I don't particularly look that different, but I just feel more like me. And now gradually I just, I feel like me again, which is so nice. But for a while I was like, I can't think of anything and I had to keep thinking. I'd, I'd go and post something and be like, oh, no, I just posted something about a baby. I need to post something else. And I just couldn't. It was so crazy. Have you had any um, judgmental comments? And how have you handled those? Because I think when you're talking about a product or something, it's very different to what someone's talking about you as a mum or your, you know, and how you're handling things. Yeah, l- luckily I've done this for such a long time. I'm definitely quite thick-skinned when it comes to it. And I know I usually know when something's going to, like, create some, like, DMs and people are going to have an opinion on everything. So there's definitely some stuff that I don't share. Well, it's like, so the one it's, I think on your first videos back, I think Grey has a dummy in. And you say something like, yeah, I know she's got a dummy in. It's fine. Like, let's get over it. Yeah. And I thought, oh, that's really interesting. They're already, like, preempting the su- fact oh, that someone's going to say it. Compared to my friends, sometimes I'm a bit jealous that... They might get one friend say like, oh, you're doing it wrong. But I get like hundreds of people. And so like I talked, I once mentioned when she was four months old that we had started putting her in her bedroom in the evening because she was screaming and crying when she was downstairs and she was actually much more settled when she was in like a dark, quiet room. And someone messaged me saying, if your baby sleeps in a room that's separate to you and they can't hear your breathing, they'll stop breathing. And I, and I know that it comes from a place of, like, love. Like, and I even find this now as a mum, it's so hard not to project your own fears and your own experience onto, like, when my friends have babies, I have to really try not to f- say, like, make sure they don't lose weight because they get rushed into my closet with a big pump and, like, kind of project it all onto them. So I know how it feels, especially now. But at the time, I was like, you've just sent me a message saying that my baby's going to die. And that's really horrible. Like, think about how I am as a new mum. So there's only been a few occasions. Like I posted once when she was in a sling and I got loads of messages saying like, she's in the sling wrong. Her knees should be above her pelvis. It should be in the M position. And like, it's quite helpful, but like it's constant. Yeah. Like I'm constantly being educated by hundreds of people, which is quite intense. And it, it's to be hard honest, to not that like, made me stop everything. wearing a sling. Well, because I was just worried all the time then. And I was like, but you just, you overthink it too much. And what about your friend Sally down the road who isn't on Instagram? Her baby's been in a sling for like nine months. I mean, no one's doing a Ryan Reynolds, so we're all fine. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember that photo? Where the baby's legs aren't in like an M or a W at all. They're literally just straight. (laughs) But like, who knew about the M thing? I feel like I'm just constantly 
learning everything there is to know about everything, yeah. which is a good thing as well. But I'm like, I sent friend, I messaged my friends. I'm like, did you know that the position has to be in an M? They're like, no. I'm like, okay, now. I'm just See, that's the thing, isn't it? It's, it's that difference between informing someone in a helpful way yeah. and kind of going, you're doing it wrong. And I'm so lucky. I've got such a nice audience. And I think because it's been such a slow, gradual growth. Yeah. And like, it's a real community. That 95% of them are lovely. And if someone phrases it slightly wrong and they're a bit judgy, I think I'm like old enough now, yeah. wise enough, been on the internet for long enough that I'm just like, yeah, yeah, whatever. If something really upsets me, I just tell Rich and talk about it for about 10 minutes and then that's it. Yeah. So being so prepared and were you, did you have loads of different opinions also thrown into the mix that kind of confused you? Because I, I was someone, I love reading all the books about everything and then different people give you advice, but it's all kind of jarring with each other. And you kind of get a bit lost at some point. You kind of go, oh, what is, what should I be doing? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't read books um, because I know so many people with babies, sisters and friends. I thought, oh, there's going to be enough people. Like, that's what I found when we were shopping for baby stuff. I'd ask people, um, what mattress did you buy for the cot? And one of my friends would say, oh, we bought this organic bamboo one for £300. And my sisters would say, oh, we bought the mother care one for a." hundred quid so I'd go okay I'll get the one for a hundred and eighty like I'll just go in the middle <laughs> um I'm that person I love to like ask people I find it hard to make decisions by myself so I'm constantly asking people's opinions Rich hates it he's like oh your whole family are like giving opinions I'm like what should he gets really overwhelmed I'm like oh who cares just like listen to the opinions and then decide what you want to do with them I'm quite good at that but it, there is a lot. And when those times where I was quite hormonal and the feeding and stuff, it does get a bit like, oh, but if I go to bottles, then that person said when their baby or that person. And you have to remember that every baby is so different. Yeah. And I've definitely learned that now. Like, Grey is her own person. Um, so, yeah. But then I still, me and my friends still WhatsApp all the time, sharing advice on naps and feeding and stuff. I quite like the opinions. <laughs> well yeah I think it's having opinions and knowing that everyone is just doing what's right for them and that it doesn't mean anything if you're doing something different it just means that yeah. you've found a different way that works for you and your baby it doesn't mean that your friend is there going well I do this and you're wrong it, that's yeah. not happening yeah exactly yeah that's <laughs> what I was gonna say <laughs> how has having Grey affected yours and Rich's relationship it's made us so much closer it really has and like I feel like we laugh like every day now. We weren't that like we've been together for a long time, but we weren't that like coupley before. Yeah. Like we'd always choose to go on holiday with other people instead of just us. <laughs> or like we loved going out for lunch with friends. But I feel like Grey has like really taught us how to enjoy time together. And like now it's just us three and like especially now in like lockdown, we've really like learned how to just enjoy being at home together. And we've like bonded over her even more. Um, and he's such a good dad. Like, after I gave birth, I bought him a present. I bought him a coffee machine. <laughs> like, I was just like, you were amazing. I couldn't stop talking about how great he was, which I really thought that I was going to be like, oh, I'm amazing. <laughs> but I was just so proud of, like, how amazing he was. And he's such an amazing dad. Um, so it's definitely brought us closer, which is so nice. It's lovely. Um, I'm, so, I'm so gushy now. I used to be so, like, cynical about everything. And now I'm like, oh, life's great. <laughs> What was it like? We haven't talked about weaning that much, actually, I don't think, on, on the podcast. What was it like giving food? I, I, I've i got to say, I love this phase 
of like those discoveries of food and everything yeah. going on the floor and it's an absolute mess but just going with it yeah one of my best friends um literally started weaning her baby today she sent us a video it's so cute um I was excited again getting all the opinions from all my friends who had done it before what did you do did you do baby led or did you do spoon or a bit of both it's so funny because you just like you plan for it and then you forget that they're not robots like (laughs) I was like right I got all the puree stuff and I had the little nook things and I pureed every vegetable under the sun and she just was like, she had no interest in puree. She just wanted to do it all herself. And yeah. I was like, oh God, I wasn't, I really like, I feel like a lot of people do baby led because they want to. Mm. Like I was forced into it. I didn't <laughs> want to do it. <laughs> she wanted to do it. So she just wanted to feed herself, which it took a while. Like, because the first few months she wasn't even like swallowing food and she was just like gagging on everything. And it was so stressful. And then once she actually figured out how to swallow the food, she started to really enjoy it. And she's an amazing eater now. Like, she eats everything. It's crazy. It's really fun. She's got me really into cooking, actually. Really? Like I nev- yeah, I never used to be that into it. And um, how do you do it? Do you cook it for all three of you, or do you cook her something completely different? Well, the food that I make her, we could definitely eat. But I haven't really worked out, like, timings-wise how to do that, because she eats early, and then we tend to batch cook for her, because then we don't really have to, like when we're not in lockdown in normal life <laughs> rich works part-time now yeah. that's something he ended up doing so we found it easier to just know like oh tomorrow she's going to eat this and get it out of the freezer especially for him on like his days he'd like just get it out the night before so we tend to batch cook her food and keep it in the freezer but she's so easy now she's getting older i know that i can just look in the fridge and probably make something for her yeah like she had like fish curry today she eats better than us that's so good us. yeah um so yeah I really enjoyed it actually more than I thought it was a bit stressful at first like the whole choking versus gagging thing that's another thing no one really warned me about but once I started looking into it you just grow in confidence don't you yeah and I think second time around like now my friend's doing it the second time I think it's more fun you you, like you can look forward to it and not be scared of it are you looking forward to a second time are you is that something that you and Rich are already talking about or because I remember I got to nine months and was like hold it if I had a baby now that would be an 18 month age gap and loads of my friends have 18 like what I am not there it's funny it is something we're talking about because the same as me my best friend was now pregnant with her second and I was like I've just started feeling like me yes and like in my head I'm like oh yeah I think probably have like a two and a half two and a half year age gap or something hopefully and then I'm like I work out the timings I'm like wait 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 no (laughs) I just started feeling like me like I want to buy some nice dresses and then I really want to have like at least one full year of like being able to like enjoy my work and my career like I love my job and I couldn't do it for like the whole time I was pregnant pretty much it was like a bit of a write-off and then there was like a whole 10 months after having her and like I'm now getting back into it and really starting to enjoy it I can't get now get pregnant again. Like, obviously, it's such a privilege to get pregnant, but it's not fair. Like, you do it. (laughs) It's that weird thing, isn't it? You know that it's going to shake everything up. Yeah. And it's just such a long time. Yeah. It's it's not just when you're pregnant. It's that bit afterwards. It's just, it's like a a year or more out. So so now, yeah, we do talk about it a lot. We're like, oh, God, okay. But I'm not yet. I'm not ready. One of my friends has been talking about having trying for a second and I'm just like I'm a bit jealous that she feels ready actually because I would I can't wait like I definitely want to have more kids but I don't know I'm I'm enjoying feeling like me because I really hated that feeling yeah and also it's interesting that you're saying about it taking 
a long time because it really does. And I think when you do feel a bit like you again, you kind of want to cling on to it. Yeah. But then also, like we were saying earlier, you get that fear of like, you, you don't just get pregnant like that. Yeah. You have no idea. So you don't want to like wait around too long either. But oh my God, my friends who have two under two, they are not, they're not selling it to me. <laughs> I can remember. Like five under five. How many do you <laughs> yeah, have? I've got three. <laughs> three under six now because Buzz is six. But I can remember being at a wedding when Buzz was four months and someone coming over and her just being like, get pregnant now. Get pregnant now. Get it done. And then get the baby st- stage done. out of the way. But I was just like, nah, <laughs> I'm not there. Not at all. are quite close though, aren't they? Yeah, just under two months between the first two, uh, two years between the first <laughs> two, two oh God, and two and a half years between the third. But the third, I think the thirds are generally kind of like happy little surprises. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. It does scare me. But it also makes me excited. Mm. I can't believe she's going to be one. Like, How, do you, how does that make Saturday. you feel? Do you feel emotional about it? I do feel quite emotional, actually, which is weird. I didn't expect that. I mean, it's a weird time as well. It's a weird time yeah. to like be having your baby. I, and I keep, I sometimes allow myself to like get really upset by it. And then I'm like, snap out of it, Lily, like reality check. But I was saying to my sister, like her, on her baby's first birthday, I remember we had a huge argument because she thought I didn't take enough photos. And I'd taken like <laughs> 300 photos that day, literally 300. And I was like the family photographer. So I said to her the other day, I was like, remember how you felt about the 200, 300 photos not being... Like, imagine that. Like, it's re- I can't have anyone around. So I get upset. But then also, I'm like, she's not going to remember. It's just for me. Um, and we can have such a nice day anyway. I just can't believe it's been a year. It doesn't feel like it's been a year at all. It's, it's a crazy. real big marker, though, isn't it? And you kind of... You, it, for me, I've, I've always... With all three of mine, I found myself getting quite reflective. Because you yeah. are suddenly... It does feel like you're moving away from the baby stage almost like not you've you've managed to do it for a year and you remember all those struggles and the pain and everything else and how you've lost yourself and you're back and and you've got this little baby who you've helped grow and you know she's doing things and and it's just this time I think it's this marker where you kind of look back and you kind of go yeah I did that yeah I can't believe it and I keep I remember when she was six months I said to my friend this, I think this is the best stage. I think this is the best, this is the cutest <laughs> age. And she went, no, you always, you always think the current time is the cutest time. And I was like, no. And like now I'm like, no, this is the cutest stage. Although everyone keeps saying that I'm in the honeymoon. I'm in the honeymoon bit. Like they get to like 18 months and they're not as fun anymore. <laughs> Max is 20 months and he is definitely going into his terrible twos a little bit early. Yeah. So I'm like, come on. We need everyone to like enjoy her while she's at this nice age. <laughs> Can you imagine? You're going to come out of lockdown and she's going to be hitting her terrible twos and everyone's going to be like, wow, what happened to Grey in lockdown? She's learned to crawl. She wasn't crawling <gasps> for this. So oh. she's like never crawled over and like played with another baby. I'm like, I don't think she thinks other kids exist. Um, so yeah, when, uh, who knows what she'll be doing when this is all over. Scary, isn't it? I, I yeah. honestly feel like that is a scary thing. But yeah, They change so quickly every week. Like now I understand why people are like, say how many months their baby like I used to find that really funny when I didn't have kids like 18 months like what a weird thing to say but I'm like makes sense now yeah, they're so yeah. different they are month. yeah yeah that's totally true yeah um so I wrote a book this year called letters on motherhood which is a series of letters about motherhood to my foof to my boobs to my <laughs> husband to the boys to myself to strangers um if you could write a letter on motherhood who would it be to and what would you say 
I think I'd write a letter and I think I should actually do this because I haven't done it. I'd write a letter to Grey if she chooses to ever get pregnant and if she can for her to read in her first trimester from me because as great as mums are by the time you're daughter's pregnant it's been a long time since you've been pregnant and I think you forget a lot of the things so if I wrote it now while it's fresh in my memory I think it'd be amazing to read a letter from your mum talking about how she felt when she was pregnant with you because you feel so lonely especially at the beginning when you haven't really told anyone and just to read like how they how they felt and everything like that I think that would be that would be nice for her I should actually do that yeah were you nervous at all in that first trimester yeah it's funny because even though I'd never had any reason to be, every time I went to the toilet and wiped myself, I checked. I was quite nervous, actually. Yeah. But I told people and I told not, I just told some friends. None of my friends had done that. That really wasn't the done thing in my friendship group. But I just I really felt like I wanted to. And I remember talking to Rich about it and I said, well, if God forbid, if something happened, we would tell those people anyway and yeah. I'd need them for support. So let's just make this time easier for us and not pretend and not hide from not you know, stop seeing them. Let's just tell them. And it was really nice. I would definitely do that again. It's funny, isn't it? Because um, that's my main thing every time. It's like, I, but I need those people. I need them. I, I hate, I would have felt so, I mean, I already felt alone, but I would have felt even more alone. It was so nice, especially the friends who had been pregnant before. Um, so yeah, I would definitely encourage people to do that. If, you, if it's someone you feel comfortable and you can trust, it makes it a lot easier. I love the fact that your letter would be to Grey in those sort of those early weeks where you first found out about her. I love yeah. that. Yeah. If you feel sick, <laughs> there's nothing that's going to help. Sorry. <laughs> I tried all the tricks. <laughs> oh. Well, and every episode finishes with you completing three sentences. Are you ready? I think so. <laughs> Being a mum means. Okay, I'm going to have to credit my friend SJ because she said this one and she just hit the nail on the head. Being a mum means discussing the consistency of poo a lot more with my husband than I ever, ever thought I would. (laughs) It's all we talk about. I mean, it's starting to ease off, but there was a period of time where it's all we talked about. You start off by using the baby tracker and talking about how much poo they've got in their nappies and then they start weaning and they stop pooing altogether and then it's like you're like oh my god day 15 and there's still no poo (laughs) and then it's like she's screaming and she's pooing and like you celebrate we high-fived once about a poo like I mean it's just that we talk about I love that Uh, since having children I since having children I have massively chilled out and become much more relaxed happier person less concerned with what everyone else is doing no FOMO and just enjoying being in the moment and being grateful for everything and I'm happy when I'm happy when I see Grey with my friends and family her enjoying them and them enjoying her which is what I miss so much Mm. (laughs) well thank you so much for coming on the podcast Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Can't wait to listen to it. <laughs> but you'll come off this this call now, and you'll be like, "Oh my god, what did I say? What did I?" Seriously, I forgot this was recording the whole time. Absolutely terrified. <laughs>
Thank, Thank you, you so much. Me. Thank you.